Nyala Karich, Wajuk Nyunga Mord, Kayan Karak, Nija Wajuk Nyunga Buja. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast has been recorded on the Wajuk Nyunga lands of Burlu, otherwise known as Perth. Well-being as we know it now has been constructed from a Western perspective. But what happens when we go back to the methods of well-being from the oldest continuing culture in the world? Welcome to Nyunga Wellbeing. I'm your host, Brooke Collard. I'm a Baladong Wajuk Nyunga woman with personal family ties to a lot of our interviewees. In Nyunga Wellbeing, I will be speaking to elders in the Nyunga community about a First Nations perspective on self and community care. One way of healing doesn't work for everyone. So that's why we are going to explore six ways from the lens of Nyunga elders. They will guide you on creating the tools for yourself and others on the path to self and community care. So make a cup of tea and listen to these Nens and Pops yarn about Nyunga well-being. Welcome to episode four of Nyunga well-being. My guest today is Professor Len Collard. Professor Len Collard used to be head of the Indigenous Studies at UWA. He has since retired and he runs his business, Muja Consulting. Today we are speaking on the importance of language and how that helps in well-being. Thank you so much for making the time. You're so busy and um, excited to finally get to speak to you one-on-one because a couple of years ago I got to watch one of your lectures on place names at the WA State Library. So, oh, cool. Yeah, no, that was mm. wonderful. You're known as a language expert. I guess I'd love to speak to you today about your thoughts on how does reconnecting to our language help with mm. well-being? Mm. Yeah, so wanga or speaking in Yungar is, is for me as a kid growing up in the uh, 60s and 70s, I had the privilege to sit with some of the foremost experts in Noongar language. And who were those people? Primarily my grandfather, Yelikich Bennell. Old Yelikich Bennell, um, otherwise known as Tom Bennell, or Tommy Collard. He was my pop, he was my mum's mum. Uh, my mum, Jean Collard, Jean Bennell, Jean Maguire, whichever one she wants to go under. Our father, Fred Collard, and his mum was Janie Shaw. So on my mum's side, the Bennell Maguire... Rileys and whatever else was in our family. Pop Tom was what we call the Brydia and Nana Mural, his wife. They were the old patriarchs in our family. And as, as a little norp, as a little boy, um, obviously you stop with your Nana and Pop. And uh, in our family, there's now 10 of us, but at the time there was nine. So being the kiddies, you know, the Kulungis at the back end, you obviously get older siblings brothers and sisters you know they go to school or they go to work and so you know as I was growing up in the 60s you know you end up spending a lot of time with your grandparents because my mum and dad worked and so at the end of the day well where are you going to stop well you can't stop at home by yourself and so you end up with your grandparents and I think that still goes on today and so the good news when an old boy an old girl Nana and Pop lived in Neshamanal at number seven Wilkinson Street because we lived in Wycombe Valley we used to as kids walk over there or we'd get dropped off there or whatever. 
because oldies used to speak a lot of noongar, you know, gaya this and yarn that and nunuk this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So as a kid growing up, is you just listen to what your adults say and, and without going to say, old boy and old girl, they always talk นุ่งกันโน่พูดคุณยังยังไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้ไอ้
And it's such a different perception, like you're saying, because, you know, the Western world, they're saying, oh, from my heart, but you're feeling it in the pit of your stomach. And that's a perception change, really, isn't it? Because a lot of us have been raised a bit more in the Western society to think, oh, my heart takes me, but the Jungian perspective is, is where's my stomach taking me? Mm, yeah, yeah. And the good thing about it is, and really what is important, because, yeah, we have got Wadjala ancestors, and it's okay to listen to the Wadjala ancestry. You know, but sometimes I think our mob get a bit one-sided. And we only want to talk about Noongas and they forget about the Wadjalas. But, well, hang on, them old nanas and them old pops, whoever they were, the idea that, you know, did them old Wadjala mans and, and Wadjala women end up marrying Noongas, did they marry for love or what did they marry for? And we can't always assume that the children were always born in a negative way, like the white man raped the Noongar woman or whatever. And sure, that happened. And let's not forget about that. But we can't forget about the love and the amour between people. And I know our mob, even still today, they don't discriminate whether they're black ones, red ones, pink ones, short ones, ugly ones, whatever. If they love them, they love them. That's it. Just like that Mary G song, it's about doesn't matter what's your colour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and then the whole thing about it is quite often I do hear our mob talking about, you know, the horrible white man that raped the women and stuff like that. And that is a horrible story and we need to be aware of that and know that. But what I sometimes don't hear is the beautiful stories of amour and love. They're very powerful things, love. And so, you know, getting back to talk about balance and emotional and social well-being. Well, when we learn to start to talk about love in a balanced way and acknowledge that, yeah, we got white ancestors, well, we, so what? We love them just like we love our black ones. Or if we've got Afghan ancestors, which we have, we love them Afghans too. They might be Muslims or they might be Christians or they might be whatever. I didn't make the choice for my old people who they loved or who they didn't love. I only inherit that. And so sometimes you've got to think and listen to what them white ancestors are saying and listen to what the Noongar ancestors are saying because they got something to say. And to have balance is to understand that that is the balance. For some fellas, I think they hate their Wadjala family. And we're going, before? Well, why do you hate them? Or maybe some fellas hate my Aboriginal ancestors. What, what are you hating for? So when you talk about social and emotional well-being and balance, well, if it's all out of kilter and it's out of whack or you're feeding the negative or the warawirinich or the bad spirit, it'll manifest itself. You know, like you feed bad energy with more bad energy, it just manifests. If you feed good energy with crop wearing, what do you get? Mm, yeah, the good energy, crop wearing. good energy, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful because, yeah, like you said, not everything did have a bad past. Like most of us are products of love and we've got to remember that, you know, like you said, it mm. doesn't matter yeah. the background. But, but yeah, but the idea of love, did love as we know it today exist in the Noongar world? Yeah, I think it would have. I've heard a few stories. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, because that's the tricky bit, you know, like I've never researched it. And so, you know, whatever happened before the Nidiyangs came, well, I'm not sure about love and amour. Did the Noongar mans get on their hands and knees and beg their future loved one, will you please marry me? I love you with all my heart. I mean, did that happen? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Did it happen today? Well, you'd have to ask the, the cases to say, well, did your man get on his hand and knees and blah, blah, blah? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the um, academic side coming in, though, right, where it's like, oh, I can't say definitively yes or no because I haven't yeah. personally yeah. researched it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's hilarious. 
Something I'd like to ask you about is with your research with place names. I work in films, so I explore quite a few places. And when I go into each community, you know, obviously it's not my place. I'm not coming in there to tell them how to tell their stories. It's they need to direct it themselves with each community. So even though I'm a Nyunga woman, I can't come into, you know, Mbantwa in Alice Springs. I can't go in there and say, oh, I'm here to tell you how to tell your story. I'm here to help you tell your story. So... Something that's come up in the past is one elder said, how can you look after country if you can't speak to it? What's your thought on that? Do you feel the same way? Or You know, I've heard fellas saying that the land, in the Noongar case, the land speaks Noongar by Wangin. But if we talk in English, does it understand? Maybe it does. But if it is the case that the land speaks, well, which language does it speak? What is it speaking? So there is a conversation out there that says the land speaks, and if the land speaks in Noongar to you, and you can't speak or understand Noongar, well then, where are you at? And then you start to have the consideration to say, well, where does language fit in the social and emotional well-being, whether they're Noongars or whether they're Wadjilas that live on this Bujara. That is something I've also heard you say as well. You're not gatekeeping who can learn Noongar language because I've seen you previously say how, you know, when Wajilas first came here as well, that they would have been able to speak fluently in Noongar as well to be able to communicate with people here. Yeah, and how do I know that? Because Mm -hmm. if in the world of academy, and as you've noted where I come from, well, in academy, believe it or not, we actually got to read things. So... And you say, how long was you at university for? Well, when I went there when I was 24, I only retired last year from the University of WA, working with Professor Jill Milroy and the team there at CIS. If I went there at 24 and I retired when I was 61, it's a long time. (laughs) So I had plenty of opportunity to read and study and look at things. And one of the things I read was I used to read the records to see what was going on. And so when the first Wajilas came here, the majority of language spoken here on the Bujara at places like Wawalinyap or um, or Birit, you know, whether it's the place Birit, which is what Wajif is called Perth, or whether uh, Wawalinyap, which is one of the names for Fremantle, the majority of speakers were Nyungas. But from what I can tell of it, the Wajilas who were here, they realised that they need to listen to what these people are saying and try and work out what they're saying. And so people like the fella Armstrong, I think it was Charles Armstrong, yeah, he was a Wadula Norp, a boy when he came here. And, of course, he was one little Wadula fella walking around. Well, who is he going to talk to? Yeah, all the other Noongar kids Talking around. So the Noongar say, Hey, Norby, well, he doesn't know what they're saying, but mm. they ask him, where you come from? Mm. But then eventually the boy realises, well, if I listen to enough, I'm going to pick up what they're saying. And, of course, the Noongars are also listening to what the Wadjilas are, and they're mm. picking up on the Wadjilas. So then you start to realise that fellas like Armstrong and others, George Gray, other colonials were learning the language because they were immersed in language. And so the exchange of words goes backwards and forwards. And hence, from me reading, I know that this is what happened. Now, in my lifetime, my pop, old um, Yellowkitch Bennell, he said that once upon a time around Kalkani, near a place called Brooklyn, there were a lot of Wadjila farmers there that all spoke Noongar. And I said, Pop, well, how come they spoke Noongar? <laughs> because the Noongar spoke to them. And the Noongars <laughs> weren't that good of speakers. Mm. So the Wadjilas realised, well, they've got to learn how to speak Noongar. Mm. And he said, once upon a time, you could have a full conversation with some Wadjilas, farmers and whatnot, and the reason why they learned is because there was a respect to learn each other's language. 
So the idea that Wadjalas shouldn't speak Noongar, have you ever heard that? Aboriginal people say white people shouldn't speak Alan. Have you ever heard mm. that one? Yeah, absolutely. Again, how does it feel when you say that? Mm. Are you Wadjala? You can't speak our language. What is their cobble doing? Definitely going up and, you know, anxiety. They don't feel yeah. accepted and, yeah. like, they're not welcome. And the question I ask then is, on what basis? Why can't the Wadjala speak? On what basis are you saying that white person or that other person, whoever it is, can't speak Noongar? On what basis? Yeah, it's too much pain and hurt there, isn't it, for, you know, past things like government implementations. But like you said previously, you know, not everyone did that. And, you know, we're all humans, we have ears as well. So so, so let me dig in a little bit, Nisi. Mm. So I'm going to say it again. Why can't the white person learn language? I feel like it's a trick question. Where it's, it's, like, a, it's a highly loaded question. You're dead right. Because mm. what are people saying? You can't learn the language because you're a wadula. Mm. What are they saying? They're drawing a line in the sand that shouldn't be there, really. On the, on the basis of what? Mm, the skin colour, really. Which is linked yeah. to? Yeah, going back to racism and everything that's yes, come through. that's exactly mm. right, Nice. And it's really horrible. Mm. And Wadjalas are feeling the pain. They are being spoken to about their colour, about their race. You can't speak Noongar. You know, when we're trying to heal our country, doesn't matter what form of racism it is, whether it's racism exercised by this people or that people or the other people, it's not right. And I know that my old people said, they don't discriminate. This Wajilria, that Nyungar over there, Donko, but Dabu, Nikin Nyungar, they don't know how to speak or understand. They spoke without fear or favour, whether they're white, black, yellow, pink or orange. You come to our country, you speak in our language. And that's what patriots do. Everybody's got a spot in our world. We won't discriminate. But this stuff goes on and people don't realise it. And I hear people hurting hurting in their belly and in their minds. It's bad for their emotions when people say, you can't speak our language. Because the irony of it is, my niece, what language are we speaking in right now? Mm, English, yeah. And so what if those fellas said to us, you can't speak our language? What would we say to them? Probably give them a funny look first. <laughs> but yeah, like, so obviously we are. So do you think the are. might give us a funny look when we say you can't speak our language? You know, so when we talk social and emotional well-being... You know, when you start talking about this, it really creates ambivalence. You go, oh, Uncle, you're, you're making me, wow, really think. Mm. But what we're really thinking about is liberty mm. and joy and rejoicing. We're not here to, be, to reconstruct and remanufacture racism by saying to someone on your skin colour, blah, blah, blah. Our people shared with an open court, with an open heart and a quap coral with a good belly. They didn't care. They didn't discriminate. But now we're in this posse where we hear these people using this commentary, oh, you can't speak our language. And when you dig into it, Nisi, what kind of behaviour is that? Where did they learn that behaviour? And you might say, but where did you learn your behaviour? Well, I already told you I learned it. It says a lot, doesn't it? Because it goes back to, you know, children are accepting of everyone, but they're... Mm. Absorbing and yeah. repeating the. Yeah. How many times have you seen in pictures of kids, you know, little Wadjala fellas and Noongar or little Murinese black fellas, they're all together? What are they sometimes saying there? You're not born with racism, you learn it. Yeah, that's it. That's what it made me think of immediately, you know. So, you know, your behaviours, you've possibly learned them from your parents and your grandparents that you've been around a lot, and that's the same for anyone of any yeah. background. And, I mean, and that, that's mm. all things like Kundan. Mm. That's a Kundan, that's shame. 
Mm. That's bad manners. You know, so this is where it gets really tricky. You know, when we think about social and emotional well-being, balance in our lives, there's a lot of work. There's big challenges. There's big challenge for our own mob. There's a big challenge for Waitulas. There's a big challenge for people that come to live in the Noongar Budjara. You know, and we've got to be gentle about this, but there's some really bad behaviour going on. That's something that I've found really beautiful speaking to a few of the other people that I have on this series so far is it's not about excluding people. We're trying to bring everyone into our knowledge and freely share it because, you know, a lot of us do have knowledge that we've taken in from Western systems now. It's just about being equal with each other, you know, free sharing from both sides. And again, Nisi, I went to the Western school. I went to Wycombe Valley Primary School. What do you think they were doing there? Teaching me how to be a Noongar. You know, when I went to high school at South Mount High School, would they teach me to be a Noongar there? When I went to university, would they teach me to be a Noongar there? Where did I get taught to be a Noongar? Because we're not from the stolen generations. Mm. We're from the generation of Noongar that stopped home with our people and learned our language and learned our culture. And so, you know, again, where there's a big challenge is that, you know, the poor fellows that went to the missions and got flogged and belted and all the rest of the horror stories the horrible, horrible things that happened to them innocent fellas. They our people too. But you know what? There's a place at our table to come back to and sit down. You'll be a good speaker later on. Don't worry about what them wadjids have done to you in the past. You know, around language, I mean. Taking your language away, but we can restore that. No problem. You've got to come and sit down, and you've got to take up the challenge. It's like when me and Aunty Lise went to Indonesia. Unk, do you speak Indonesian? Well, I didn't when I went there, but guess what, niece? I soon had to learn. Mm. Because why? I'm not in the Nungabudya. Mm. I'm in the Sasak. Arang. The Arang are the people of Lombok in Indonesia. Me and Lise, Ngalak, were calling Lombok Bahasa, Jalang Ini, Villa Krandangan, Villa Kolad Ini. Well, I've got to learn to speak their language. Mm. Why? Because I respect them people. It's not England. It's not Australia. It's their country. I want to go there and work and operate. I'll be to show my very best manners and behaviour to speak to them in their language. It's very true, isn't it? Immediately makes me think of, you know, at the very least when you're going over somewhere, like learn how to say, you know, hello. If they do say thank you, how to say thank you and how to say goodbye and just the basics. What, what's the word? Salamat Jalang, safe travels. Mm. In Perth now, what will happen at the airports? What do you reckon they might say when they leave in the Noongabudja? Mm. It, it, it all happened, Nisa, you watch. My grandfather said, my son, in the future, I'll give you my vision and, and the capacity to see in the future and then you better say what's going to happen. Write it down in your diary, what Uncle's saying, it's going to happen. Because that's the magic they gave us, mm. to see what's going on, to know. Because I'm carrying the same thing that he was given mm. and the fathers of him were given, he gave it to me. He said, what is it? Wanga. Wanga is magic. You feel it when you talk to people. You feel it when you speak gently and well. People feel it. Mm. They are drawn to it. Like a moth to a flame, they're drawn to it. Sometimes that moth gets burnt. <laughs> but hey. So don't fly too close to the flame, really. <laughs> well, just make sure that you stand close enough to enjoy it, but don't go too close because the flame may consume you mm. and the consumption may well be now I'm going to become a full language speaker. <laughs> It'll consume you. And that's what's happened. Noongar has been drawn back to the flame, the flame to be consumed by our ancient knowledge and our ancient language because it consumes you. It takes over your life. And you say, wow, in the next five years, I'm going to commit to be better than Kylie Bracknell. 
all right, you, you better get cracking on it because Kylie's yeah. bloody pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. But you've got, you got to have a bar mm. and you've got to have an aspiration. So in five years' time when you come back near me, you say, hey, Kylie was beating when I knew I was coming to see and you'd be able to speak in our language and no English. You are English. English water calling. We'll talk our way. Lead that up one beyond. But we know that English is a global language and we learn to be global speakers. But we always learn to be local speakers. And we link the global to the local and the local to the global. So when Noongars travel anywhere in the world, people know the Noongars are coming. Countries that are so much closer to us are like Indonesia, like you said, and Japan. And even, you know, on the local scale, you've got multicultural mm. places around here. And even going into those restaurants, if you know how to say thank you in their language, you see immediately the eyes light up because that's that respect and that recognition to them. And, where they and when, when what did you say? Hey, uh, mm. I mean, your eyes light up. And I know that there's Wajilas out there, mate, they can speak as good as any Noongar you'll meet. But, you know, they sometimes are a bit quiet. Wajilas are out there learning, and some Noongars choose not to learn well. What are you going to say? Oh, you white person, you shouldn't be speaking our language. Well, Wajilas might say, well, you should be learning. I think you better run along and learn. And they might say it in Noongar. And then there'll be that silence of listening after. <laughs> well, that's why we're here to talk about social and emotional well-being, because in our world, we've got to care for those people who come to our country. Just like when we go somewhere else, we hope that people will care for us. When we travel to, you know, when we've taken students over to Chile and, and we go to see the people over there, the Mapuche, and, um, you know, we go into their fellows' country. And we say to them, you know, in our Nyunga Kadeja we know you fellows are the bosses. We come to tell you the Mapuche, the British Nitya Budya, we'll tell you in our language. But you can feel what we're saying. You can feel, I don't have to translate it to you. They can feel it. Because, yeah, like you were saying, languages, the energy, the vibrations that you're putting out to other people to them. And, yeah. yeah. Uncle John Maguire came to a code-cracking exercise around place names with us and we were talking about something in the word Nuruk. Nuruk. You know what a Nuruk is? No, I don't. Well, we use this word Nuruk and my uncle, I saw in front of my eyes, you know, I said the old people gave me to be able to see things and in front of my eyeballs, my uncle, I saw him go back, back to the deep past. Because I used a word that he said, oh, nephew, I can remember when I was a little boy and I went down to the chook pen to get some nuruks. He said, I haven't heard that word since I was a boy. And you could see him travelling back in time because the word, the sound, had hit his deep memory and it went back and it took him back and it took us all back. And then he started sharing with me about burrowing and bull nuruk and you had to go and collect a lot of eggs. And that's the beauty and the magic of language. I have a friend, his chicken is named Chuknurug. <laughs> his name what? Chuknurug. That's the name of their chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Chooks, yeah. The other word, um, like your brains, mm. your brain inside your thing is like a nuruk. It sits inside the shell. If you crack an egg mm. and the inside of the egg goes everywhere. Mm. So if you have a car and you crack your skull, mm. same thing. Yeah, that was immediately what I thought of as soon as you said it was very visual. <laughs> the yeah, because the words mm. inspire vision. You suddenly envision something. But, you know, sometimes even if you don't know the language, you'll still have a vision. And then you might ask in English, when you said the word Nuruk, you didn't translate it to me. Mm. But you knew exactly what I was saying. Because mm. what else do you go to the chook pen to get? <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're not picking up the bloody eggs, you idiot. <laughs> you don't have to speak Noongar to figure out that a Noongar must be a bloody egg. Oh, thank you so much. My brain's, well, my 
Card Nuruk <laughs> is um, buzzing now with mm-hmm. all the language shared and mm-hmm. knowledge and, yeah. you know, just history and everything that we've yarned about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, so, so with the social and emotional well thing and connection to language, as I said, the old people, as far as I knew, they shared it without exception. And, and I think that responsibility for folk like myself, it's still there and, you know, it's going to become your responsibility. Mm. You know, so you better get on to Kylie and Ingrid Cumming and Clint Bracknell and, you know, all them other, what I call Brita Brita is future leaders. Mm. You better get on saying, I, I need to jump on the bag, man. You fellas make sure when we write to each other, mm. Kaya, Kylie, Nganjukan. Yeah. Well, why are you writing in English? Mm. You don't have to write and say, my see, you can write that in Noongar. Which uh, leads us on to Noongarpedia. Mm. You know, you can get on Noongarpedia. You can go on to the web these days. You can click mm. on and listen to myself and, you know, Conk Barry Maguire or Uncle Walter Maguire or my auntie Viv... Viv um, what's auntie Viv's last name? Oh, Hanson. Hanson, sorry. Sorry, auntie Viv. You know, <laughs> or any one of the multitudes, multitudes of Noongar language bosses, mm. you know, because this is perception or this idea that Noongar's all got busted up and lost our language. I don't know who's telling them bullabadip, as I call it. You heard of bullabadip? <laughs> yeah. Many lies. Mm. Bullabadip, balangwangin, nyungadabut, dongabut, karinyanbut, nganywanga. That's a bullabadip. Mm. That's a many lies and deceit about our language. You can quote me on that, my niece. <laughs> if you're confident to. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. no, I remember when that came out and seeing the discussions mm. around Bulabadip after. Mm. And these are all the big uh, challenges. You know, uh, one day my mind's eye is telling me that Noongars will rise and take the responsibility to speak our own language again. And at times, not far away. And will it be good for our social emotional health? Well, only time will tell, I think. But I've got a feeling, and I do believe, it's going to be a it's going to be a beautiful journey. Mm, no, it's really beautiful. It makes my quabble feel very good. Quabble win, quabbit, makes my stomach spirit. Mm, I've been asking everyone, this is a finishing sort of question. What is a message or something you'd like future generations to know? Well, you know, it doesn't matter who's in our country, you know, whether they're Noongars or Yamajis or Wongais or Kuris or Murrays or Nungas or, you know, if they're Wagulas. It's the old diplomacy, Ngalakala and Nunakulin, come to our fire. Ngalakawangin Nganda, speak in our language. So Buruan Ngalakata Dundukunin Ngalakulin, so that we can all travel in the future together. And we need to combat racism, that people can't speak our language because of whatever nonsense discriminated on people on skin colour or where they come from. That's wrong. It always was wrong. Our old people didn't behave like that. And today we need to get back to understand the old messages and the stories that our people not only talked about, but they practised it and they exercised it. And we need to, you know, think about that. And for me, that's the last message that is in Nungabuja. And we have a responsibility to make sure that people are safe and that they flourish and they are able to engage one another with care and consideration and not to be made feel that there's something wrong with them because of whatever horrible, nasty criteria we want to use to exercise against because that's not our ancient cultural narrative. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nyungar Wellbeing. 
with me, Brooke Collard, and my guest, Professor Len Collard. You can find more episodes at sbs.com.au slash Wellbeing, or follow the series in podcast apps like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the SBS radio app. You can find Professor Len Collard on his website, www.mujah.com.au.